Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. An Erios production. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. Could be bald and bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball, gay, straight, black, white, shiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm, sperm cast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 99. Can you believe it? It's been two plus incredible years and I couldn't have done it without you, my sweet, sweet, sweet listeners. So thank you so much for being here. Now, there is one special thing that you could do to make episode 100 coming up next week very, very, very special. You could go to Apple Podcasts right now and rate and review the podcast. Right now, there are 470 ratings and by next week, I want to get that up to 500. I don't think it's that hard. There's got to be another 30 of you out there that have like been meaning to rate and review me on Apple Podcasts this whole time, but just haven't gotten around to it. I also want to get to 200 reviews on Apple Podcasts. Right now, there's 169, so there's got to be 31 more of you. Can you imagine if I had 500 ratings and 200 reviews? I'd be the coolest podcast in town. Please, can you do it? Can you please just do it for me? Just pause the podcast right now and go and review Spermcast on Apple Podcasts. Still haven't done it? I know why. It's because you think you're going to do it later, but you're not going to remember to do it later. You need to pause the podcast right now and go and do the reviews. You might even be dreading the idea of doing it because you're like, oh my God, if I do it now, she's going to notice that I never did it in the past. Not so. It's anonymous. You can write whatever name you want. Your review doesn't have to be interesting or funny or even thoughtful. You just have to be nice. You know, four words would do it. I love this podcast. Or one word would be fine. Just write love. I don't care. So pause right now and go and rate and review the podcast. I'll be waiting right here. We've got a great episode coming up, so I'm just I'm just waiting here. We'll be waiting patiently. I'm still waiting. Have you gone yet? Come on. Have you done it yet? Have you gone and have you have you gone and rated and reviewed? Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. One hundred episodes next week, so exciting! Okay, now it's time to thank my latest patrons: Anonymous, Denise C, Daniela, Rebecca C M, Maria A, Catherine U, and Jamie N. I also want to thank Amanda S, Stephanie C, Carrie M, Kayla M and Jen for raising your subscriptions. We now have 306 patrons and we're making 1,042 bucks per month. It's incredible. You're truly keeping me and this show alive. Patrons, I don't know what I would do without you. I'd, I'd pretty much be fucked. Folks, if you'd like to be a patron, just go to patreon.com forward slash spermcast and sign up for $2 or more a month and you'll have access to all kinds of exclusive content. Now, I know what you're all waiting for. No, 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 not my very, very special guest. She's great, but I, you know, the other thing. No, you don't remember the other huge thing that was going to go down this week? The ultrasound, people. The ultrasound happened on Thursday. And here it is. So, today's a big day. Okay, so yes. you are six weeks and... 
I just looked at it six weeks and five days today. Okay. Based on the date of the transfer. Okay. So I'm going to be looking for three things. Yeah. First thing is the sac inside the uterus, mm -hmm. just to make sure it's in the right place. Uh -huh. um, we'll also be able to tell if it's more than one. Uh -huh. In the sac, there should be something called a yolk sac, which is like a little white ring on the ultrasound. Okay. It provides nutrients to the baby early on and eventually becomes part of the baby. So it's a good sign when we see it because it's part of normal embryo development. Okay. The third thing I would love to see today is a heartbeat. Yeah. Once we see the heartbeat, then the chance of miscarriage goes down dramatically. Okay. So I would love to see those three things. Okay. If we don't see the heartbeat, then it's not necessarily definitive that it's not going to be good. I would just want to see you again next week and we would look again, but I'm really hoping we see all three of those things. Okay. Okay. And um, I, uh, one of my listeners sent me an email a long time ago. She's an ultrasound tech and oh. she wanted me to make sure that you guys didn't listen for the heartbeat. Oh. Is that... You know, so that's like one of the newer things that we used to listen, and we still do listen actually, but we used to listen all the time. Every mm -hmm. time we have the opportunity, we listen because it's fun, it's yeah. reassuring, it really makes you feel like, wow, this is real. Um, and then there was a study, I want to say like three or four years ago, um, that showed that, um, you know, like all the repetitive listening basically could potentially be risky to the baby mm -hmm. um, just because it's like extra ultrasound sound waves and things like that and so there was a statement that said basically you should minimize the, uh -huh. the amount that you listen to it okay um so we don't have to listen to it I, I say skip it if it if we yeah. see one i'm happy with that okay. i don't need That's to fine. do anything yeah, to yeah. Yeah. Hoping okay. to so see we'll something. look at it, yeah, and that, and if that's if you don't feel a you know urge to hear it, then that's totally fine. Yeah, I do think it's safe, you know, yeah. as long as it's in moderation. But yeah, I mean, it's not necessary. So you, don't <laughs> you can still it. count it, right? No, not visually. You can't count it. Oh, you'd have to put the little Doppler Doppler on it in order. Oh, to I want to know that it. information. I usually do too, and that's why I still do it. Um, but you know, we don't do it like every week you know so you usually do it i usually do on it. this on this one if it's mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. okay yeah okay. Well, we'll see we'll look at it yeah <laughs> okay so don't concerns like any bleeding or anything like that okay good okay Something happened there. Uh huh, there sure is. I'm going to just take a look around first just to make sure I know what I'm seeing. But it is just one. Okay. Okay. And it looks great. Yay! <laughs> so I see a heartbeat. I see you a yolk sac. It's right in the middle of the uterus where it belongs. It looks so good. Oh, oh my gosh, so exciting. Okay. So this black circle right here is the sac. Okay, all the black stuff is amniotic fluid. This oh, okay. sac is right where it belongs in the middle of the uterus. It's nice and round and pretty. Can you show me? Okay, so the whole thing is the uterus. The whole, oh, so this, this whole thing here, all this gray stuff is the muscle of the uterus. Okay. This is the sac right in the uterine cavity. Okay. This white ring right here is the yolk sac, which is that thing I told you about that's normal and healthy to see it because that's <sighs> part of normal embryo development. So, And we wouldn't see the placenta? Not yet. No, okay. it's too early to see the placenta. Um, but there's the yolk sac. And then the baby is this little nugget right here that looks kind of like a grain of rice from here to here. Oh. I'll take another measurement of it. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> According to my labs on the portal, my CRL or crown rump length is one millimeter, which is tiny. It's measuring very well. In yeah. fact, it's, it's a little long. Is that bad? <laughs> no, it's not bad. It's okay. just like a tall, long, long lanky baby. <laughs> you are six weeks and uh, five days, I just said, right? So, so is, is it, it's is measuring it, like about seven weeks. Like, Do we worry when it's no, too big? No, we worry when it's too small, mm -hmm. but we don't worry when it's too big. So it's okay. To, you can tell me things to worry about. I, I would tell you. If I was worried, I would tell you, but I'm not worried. It looks great. And so okay. your due date is 320, just so you know. It is? Mm -hmm. oh, I, 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 would, I didn't look it up because I was oh. too scared. So, oh, okay, so the heartbeat is right here. You can see this little flickering right 
There, boom, boom, boom. Oh boom, yeah, boom, I see boom. it. Yeah. Okay. So it looks fantastic. So we don't have to measure the rate. This is what we would normally do at this point. I would put a little caliper on there and we would hear it. I literally keep it on for like five seconds and I do think it's safe, but we can skip it. Um, it looks really, it looks really normal. Everything about the baby looks normal, so I'm not concerned. Um, we have to do it. Skip it. No, wait, do it. Oh, fuck, I don't know. Um, why don't we do it next time? Okay, What's when is next time? Um, so next time will be in a week and a couple days. Um, so, because I'm out of town next week, so okay. normally I would see you back in like two weeks. Okay. And so I can see you like August 11th. August 11th. Baby looks so good. It's a nice, strong heartbeat. I can even tell. I don't even have to measure it to know it's a nice, strong heartbeat. Look at that. I see it. Yeah, wow. it looks really good. Okay. Yeah, let's skip it. Yeah, let's skip it. We don't need to do that. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> next time. <laughs> okay. That looks great. Oh, little one. So cute. Okay, I'm gonna take this out. Oh, thank you. Okay, that's great. Oh, very exciting. It's one. It's this one. Did you think it was two? I don't know. Yeah. I, I kept saying, you're doing so good, little guys. I'm so proud of you. I didn't know. But I was okay with it. Yeah. There you go. There's baby. So that's the yolk sac, and the baby okay. is that little line right there. It'll look okay. a lot more like a baby next time you come in. It'll have little really? like oh, arm God. buds and leg buds, but this oh looks my great. God. It looks really good. Okay. okay. So keep up all the medications. Just stay on. After the ultrasound, we talked about the chance of miscarriage. So before I walked in there that day and had that ultrasound, my chance of miscarriage would have been about 30 to 40%. After the ultrasound, with things looking good, it goes down to about 15% or lower. And with each ultrasound and milestone I cross, that number will go down. Then around 11 or 12 weeks, we can do the NIPT test, non-invasive prenatal testing. It's a method of determining the risk that the fetus will be born with certain genetic abnormalities. I'm going to see Dr. Chung again on August 11th, and then if all goes well, I'll see her only one more time after that, and then I'll graduate to a regular OBGYN. As far as symptoms are concerned, I'm still pretty much just tired. The shortness of breath is kind of going away. And as of today, Monday, I am seven weeks and two days, and my embryo, according to corny apps, is the size of a blueberry, which apparently is 10,000 times bigger than it was when it arrived in my uterus. At this age, an embryo is going to have dark spots that will become eyes, two holes that will turn into nostrils, the beginnings of lips, and the early stages of tooth buds. The embryo is also making 100 brain cells per minute. The limb buds are elongating and will soon become defined shoulders, arms, legs, and knees. The baby's liver is in the early stages of formation and will soon begin producing red blood cells, and the kidneys are standing by ready to produce pee-pee in the next few weeks. Now a little bit about the yolk sac. I don't think everyday people are familiar with the yolk sac because I don't think people usually get ultrasounds so early unless they're going through fertility treatments. And the yolk sac I think is only around in the beginning stages. So on the ultrasound, the yolk sac looks like a circle. Before the placenta is formed and can take over, the yolk sac provides nutrition and gas exchange between the mother and the developing embryo. It's also the main organ of embryonic blood cell production, the production of stem cells and primitive macrophages, phages, phages, production of germ cells, germ cells are what make the sperm and the eggs later on down the road, metabolic regulation and synthesis of certain proteins. The yolk stalk serves to connect the yolk sac to the mid-gut, which is an early derivative of the gastrointestinal system. And now, we can finally get to our special guest, Tony Award-winning Broadway star and old friend of mine, Allie Stroker. Oh my god, I haven't seen you in so so long. It's crazy. I know, how are you? God, I mean, whatever. I'm great. <laughs> I usually I love- don't say I'm great. I actually had some good news a week, uh, two weeks ago, which is that I am pregnant. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> but it's very, you know, very new. Uh, because I'm so open about it, I'm I tell I'm telling everybody, but like you know, 
Who knows? This is unbelievable. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm good. I'll know more on Thursday. I have my first ultrasound on Thursday. So, okay. But fingers crossed. I fucking love this. I love, I love that you like literally did this podcast and like just like manifested everything you wanted. So fucking amazing. Like manifested with like a chisel and a hammer and like manifested <laughs> like it, there no like spirituality to it, just hardcore work. <laughs> yeah, literally. And like that's what it is, I think, for everything. <sighs> yeah. But we'll see. I don't want to count my, you know, whatever. Right. I'm not good at things. Yeah. Chicken, well. horses, something. Something with farm animals. <laughs> farm animals. <laughs> so, Allie. Hi, Allie. Hello, Molly. How long has it been since you moved away? Uh, it has been over five years. Oh, my God. It's been a really long time. Yep. Because I have been with my boyfriend yes. for five years come October and I moved August. Did you meet like him two months? Like right when you got there? Did you know him ahead of time? So we went to college together. Aww. So I've known him I've known him now for fifteen years. But um oh, so we nice. like connected when I after I moved back. Oh my gosh, that's so nice. Yeah. Did was there any it's romance good. back in college? No, he sent me a Facebook message and I had just broken up with my high school like first boyfriend and I was just a wreck. And he like, I think when, Facebook- when you moved or back in college, back in college, oh, 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 oh. like when I first met David. Right. And so he, he messaged me and it was like, uh, I've seen you around and like maybe we can hang out or just wanted to say hi. And I don't think I responded. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> oh. I just wasn't. I wasn't ready. Yeah. You know when like you're. You know when you're like ready for something, and when you're not ready for something. I think like I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for him. And then he came back when you were ready. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh. We always say like, thank God we like got together when we got together because we both had grown so much and learned so much, oh. and so it was good timing. You moved to New York. You start on Broadway in, what, Spring Awakening? Yes. Okay, first I have to say, I don't know anything about musicals. So I've Perfect. never seen Spring Awakening. And I think then you went, went to Oklahoma. Yes. Which I've also never seen. That's okay. You don't eat. I, you, I, can, I can totally handle that. And then you got a Tony. Yeah, which was just wild. It's I crazy. was not expecting that. No. Jesus. I, well, you know, I've been doing theater since I was seven, and, like, I wanted to be on Broadway my whole life. But I don't think I ever I, – I don't know. The the awards part of it I wasn't really ever expecting. Like, right. I knew that I wanted to be on Broadway. I knew that I was going to, like, make that happen. I, like, knew I oh. wanted to be on Broadway, and it wasn't a matter of if. It was just, like, how I was going to make it happen. And then when I won the Tony, it, like, sort of – like changed things, but also didn't change anything. And it's just been a, like a real gift and, and it has opened so many doors, which yeah. has been so nice because I really know what the other side of that feels like yes. where the doors are not opening. And that's kind of like when you and I first connected, I was living in LA and I was like trying to figure out how to do this. And I thought, Oh, if I do, if I go to LA there's more television and film, and that felt like more of a contemporary art form that I could fit into. So you had come from New York? Yeah, I went to NYU. Wait, I just I just realized that that I haven't mentioned that you were the first person in a wheelchair to be on Broadway, and the yeah. first person in a wheelchair to win a Tony. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just the first. Uh, the first of many, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have always felt so clear about performing and acting and singing and that it's just what I'm meant to do. And I think also the timing of all of it was really kind of perfect. Like the world was ready. Yeah. Cut to a year later, we're in a pandemic. Oh, yeah. And I am actually... Then Allie told me some top secret news, which I'm sorry I'm not allowed to share with you. Oh, <laughs> yes! 
<laughs> Which is very funny, and I'm Whoa. very excited about it. Okay, wild. Yeah. Allie said she'll be posting announcements on her Instagram, which is Allie Stroker, A-L-I-S-T-R-O-K-E-R. So follow her there if you want the updates. Okay, all right. So back to the beginning of us. Yes. Of us. Of us. <laughs> yeah, so we met probably like 2013. I remember going to lunch with you. At that place, yes. or it was like brunch, or we had pancakes or yes, something in the yes, valley. Yes. One thing I remember about brunch. Yes. Well, I'd oh never hung out with somebody who who's in a wheelchair before. Yes. And yes. for me, it was I just loved you because yeah. you made me hold your hand. And I know you do this with a lot of people, but it made me feel yeah. very special because I got to hold your hand and pull you around. And it was so yes. fun for me. Yeah, you're my new friend and you were helping me because that's how I get around. <laughs> it's such an amazing way to instantly bond with somebody. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah. I love that about like my disability and my chair is what like it does connect me in a different way with people. Yeah. And there's like sort of an immediate trust. Yeah. Which I love. And it's funny because you're giving immediate trust, but that causes the other person to immediately trust you. Yeah. That's yeah, lovely. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do love that. And, you know, <laughs> oh I... Oh, God, I just remembered that you fell. <laughs> I, di- I was just about to say, do you remember the moment when I flew out of my wheelchair? <laughs> It wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. (laughs) It was Molly's fault. No, No, I wait. Did I catch you or some other guy picked you up and you were like, "Put me the fuck down" or something? I think I think there was a moment where someone was like trying to help and we were like, "We got it." It was just like full out, no marking, like (laughs) like. Just chaos. And you handled it so well. I remember you just like laughing. I think you laughed so hard you cried or something. <laughs> Classic Molly form. Oh, my God. Like well, falling is the best, you know. I mean, it unless is. somebody gets hurt, that's not fun. But sometimes I'm it just is. walking around and I imagine myself falling and I start laughing out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's heaven. Oh. And also, and also, like, anytime there's something awkward, like, around my wheelchair you can feel the world like holding their breath they're mm. like oh my god oh my god oh my god and like just to bring joy and lightness <laughs> and like some humor because like I'm human too like you don't think I sometimes trip this is my version you know <laughs> Allie and I reminisced for quite a while longer and then I made her refresh my memory on where she was with acting back at that time I was trying to figure this out you know I didn't really know like where I was gonna fit and I had done Glee and the Glee Project, and I felt like, okay, things are moving along. And then I got cast in Spring Awakening, which started in L.A. We did that downtown production, and then we did it at the um, Amundsen in Beverly Hills. And then you guys got moved to Broadway. Yeah. Oh, and then, yes, because the, half the cast is was, is deaf or hearing impaired? Yes, 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 oh yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, deaf. And, and when I moved to New York and did the show... Like, you know, sometimes like when your life moves really, really fast, Yes, that's kind of what happened when I moved back to New York. Like I opened the show and like two weeks later, David and I hung out and then like we were together and then like he moved in and then all of a sudden I like had this like whole new chapter. Amazing. Okay, Ali. So this podcast, as you know, is about making babies, wanting to make babies, not wanting to make babies fertility and fertility. So I I am going to ask you how you feel about all this stuff. I have always wanted to have a family. I've always wanted to have a baby. Uh, it's something that I have known since I was like a little girl. Like, yeah. And I've never doubted it. And one of the things that's interesting about sort of this topic for me is that I don't know if I can have children. Now, Mm. people with spinal cord injuries totally can have children. Uh But like every single woman on the planet, you don't know if you can have kids until you... Until you start trying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I've never tried to have a baby. So I don't know if I can have kids. But I do know that I want to be a mom and that I want to have a baby and I want to have a family. And... So 
I really feel so clear that like, if I can't have children that I will, you know, adopt or have a surrogate or something else. And none of that feels really scary to me because I and my life sort of always have done things differently. So, you know, if I had to do this differently, that doesn't really scare me. I mean, of course, there's so many unknowns, you know, but I do have some friends who are moms in in, and they're in wheelchairs. And so I, I am always asking them questions. And I actually reached out recently to a friend to sort of like Zoom or FaceTime because I had like some specific questions for her because we were doing this podcast. And I was like, I really want to know some answers. Yes. And, you know, the thing is, Molly, it's really not talked about. Like disability and pregnancy is not something that's like mainstream. Yeah. So the Americans with Disabilities Act just celebrated its 30th anniversary on Sunday. Okay. So it's been 30 years. And the ADA is a law that was passed that it is required for public places in the United States to be accessible. And there are some loopholes in that, like, if a building was built before a certain date, that they can be, like, passed and they don't have to make things accessible. Okay. But technically, it is my right to have access to public places in the United States of America. And that's a big deal. And so uh, we just celebrated 30 years of that. But there is so there are so many pieces to this puzzle that have not been addressed. And I really think disability. So one in four Americans identify with having some kind of disability. It's the largest minority in the United States. However, it is the least represented in the entertainment industry. Uh. And I find that to be so interesting. And I think it has to do with our conditioning because as children, we're taught don't stare, don't ask, don't point around right. disability. Like okay. I see mothers or fathers get really nervous when their kids ask about, you know, mommy, why is she in a wheelchair? Yeah. And so I am sort of really, I, I, I try to really speak about this as often as I can, that we, we, we don't want to create that divide. We don't want to create that fear around disability because it is then inside of us. So as a little kid, if you feel like you've done something wrong by asking about disability or engaging with disability, then later on in life, you still are nervous about it. You are uncomfortable. There's a part in your mind that's going act normal, act normal, act normal. Yep. Or don't ask, don't look, Mm -hmm. don't look, don't look, don't look. And then do you feel like you are ignored? I don't feel ignored in my life, but Mm. I do feel often that people are uncomfortable or don't know how to behave. Yeah. And so I just think it's so important to talk about it. I think it's important to talk about disability and sort of is kind of amazing timing right now as we are uncovering so many truths in our country and, and biases. And I just am, I am so excited about raising a child who Mm. is not afraid of disability Mm. and disability will be their norm and disability will be a part of their life and it won't be scary. And maybe their friends will feel the same way because their mommy, because their friend's mommy has a disability. And so to just create some change, some movement to disarm some of these fears around disability. And I think that's one of the powerful things about becoming a parent. Yeah, I agree. I love that. So, yeah, I, I and I really do want to have children and I, I, I'm not ready to do that yet, but, um, but it's something I definitely want. You had your injury when you were like two, right? In a car accident? Yeah, yeah. So I was injured in a car accident when I was two and I have a spinal cord injury. I am paralyzed from the chest down and my injury is like all spinal cord injuries, very unique to me. Oh, is that okay? Yeah. So paralysis feels very black and white, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my injury is um, considered incomplete. So um, I do have some sensations sometimes and I do have some movement. I have spasticity. Um, So, you know, it's not just like, 
Yeah, it's called spasticity. So, like, it sort of looks like, um, like when your like body like shakes mm-hmm. involuntarily. So, I just view it as like energy releasing from the body. Yes, spasticity. Where do you have that sometimes? In my in my legs. Oh wow. Sometimes. Okay. And, um, you know, as I've gotten older, I've made a real conscious effort to continue sort of unpacking my relationship with my disability because it affected me differently when I was little and growing up and growing and getting strong and becoming independent. And now as an adult, I've sort of checked some of those things off the list. I I am able to be independent. I am. You drive. um, I drive. I I remember being astounded when you got in this big (laughs) SUV. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, totally. And, you know, I'm here away from home right now on my own. And so I, I feel so I feel so confident and proud of my independence, because it's something that I have worked really hard for. Mm -hmm. But as an adult, it comes up in different ways, my disability, like, it appears in places where I don't expect because I am constantly changing and growing as an adult. And so like, You know, I think about my disability differently when I think about one day becoming a parent. Like, how will those limitations affect me and what will those feel like? Right. And I read this amazing post by a friend of mine who is a mother and has two kids and she's in a wheelchair. And she was talking about how she is able to really identify her limitations so that she can ask for the help that she needs. Mm -hmm. And she also wrote about how she is not afraid of being a parent with limitations because all parents have certain limitations. And that was just a beautiful way to look at it that like, even someone who is able-bodied has limitations as a parent, what, you know, because we're human and we all do. And, you know, depending on how we were raised and our relationship to our parents, probably even like in the current time and place that we are in now, we view what that would be like for ourselves. Okay. Following, but like, but like, it's never going to be what you imagine. No, it's only going to be what it is in the present moment. And I know that gets sort of into like, you know, this like headspace of like, nothing is the past, nothing is the future. It's only the moment. It's only the present. But I think it's sort of like an amazing sort of theme for parent, being a parent and being, being a mother in that like, you don't know, you can't plan for this until you're in it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yeah. Do you agree that it's like something that no matter what your limitations are, you don't really know what to do until you're in the moment? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's partly why I haven't done a lot of planning for the future because I have no idea. I mean, not that I – look, I would love to have a stable lifestyle and a 401k and an IRA or whatever it's called. I don't even know what it's called. Um (laughs) (laughs) a normal job or anything stable but I I I don't I don't know if I'm going to be pregnant in three months I don't know if I'm going to be pregnant tomorrow or if I'm going to have if I'm going to be in New York or Los Angeles and if I'm going to adopt like I don't know any of it and so I don't feel like I can plan for any of it so I really do feel like I have to live in the moment and just do whatever that moment requires, because everything, especially right now with COVID, nobody knows what's going to happen with anything in the world. So yeah, and I have my limitations for sure. One of them being that I don't have a man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can look at that as a limitation or as an opportunity, your choice. (laughs) Uh, Finances, though, for sure. And um 
I think there's also, you know, mental limitations, you know, some, some people have zero patience. Some people have no cooking skills. I don't know, whatever. There's everybody's got their own different things. And I'm going to suffer in some ways and excel in others. And yeah, but it's interesting, like, to be able to identify those things, like your friend said, and be able to know know what you need to ask for help with. That's good. Exactly. Yeah. But being in the chair since you were two years old, that it, it is your life. I mean, you have your challenges, obviously, but this is how you live. So it's not, it's not. It doesn't feel like I'm not in like a season of my life where I am like dealing with my disability right. as a huge life change. Like yeah. I was injured when I was two. It's all I know. And so it's totally normal to me, Yeah, which I always treat as like a gift because yeah. I do have friends who are injured later in life. And it's, it's hard. It's, it's a very, very challenging experience yeah. to go from having one life and then having another life. Yeah. But I do think that I try to really engage with my disability as like a part of me that is always changing and growing and moving because Mm -hmm. I find that it's healthier for me to Mm -hmm. like continue to look at it and address the parts of it that are challenging and the parts of it that are easy. And as I change as a woman and as an adult, like I have my relationship to it will also change. So what do you know about pregnancy and paralysis? Do you yeah. do you know, I know how it feels? I mean, because, yeah, I'm sure I don't, and I, I'm sure my listeners don't know anything about it. Yeah, well, I know some basics. Yeah. Pregnancy for, for a woman with a spinal cord injury is considered high risk mm. because you're not necessarily getting the same sensations or signals as a woman who is able-bodied. So you have to just be watching the pregnancy a little bit more closely, which to me, yeah, to me makes perfect sense because that's kind of how I treat my body in general. Like I'm not going to know if I have a cut Uh or like a sore. So I have to take very, like I have to be diligent with my body and I have to like observe it and, and take care of it in a way that maybe is just a little bit more, is more attentive. Yeah. So that's kind of how I I view what they mean by that. Um, but also, you know, things can come up around um, blood pressure that you need to watch. And, Why is that? Do you think? Um, so there. So when you have a spinal cord injury, there's something called autonomic dysreflexia, which okay. is when there's something wrong in the part of your body that you cannot feel, your blood pressure can spike. Oh. It's basically like you're not getting the message this way, so we're going to give you the message this way, which is just like that's interesting. So, well, it's so cool. Like the yeah. body will do what the body needs to do to give you the signals, yes, right? Yes. Which I so kind how of do love. you know if you have if your blood pressure is going up or down? Um, is it down I, or up? Uh, it goes up. Okay. And I get goosebumps. Okay. And my nose gets stuffy. Oh my goodness. And my cheeks get red. Okay. And um, I get a headache. So you've had this. Yeah. I, I know exactly what it is and like how it feels. And it's never been, it's never gotten to a place where it can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like if it gets too high, obviously. But I've never had it where like I've needed to be on medication or it's gotten too high. So but I think what have what you had happen- it in response to? Um, I've had it in response to like, if my, this is really crazy. If my <laughs> toe is curled in my shoe and I don't know. It. Oh my gosh. So like my body tells me that, that like there's something wrong that is and like so you need amazing. to check your body. Yeah. So it's kind of this amazing thing, but it also is something that needs to be watched very carefully. Yes. So I Because blood, imagine- high blood pressure in, in pregnancy is, in, is no, no. Right. Autonomic dysreflexia occurs when a stimulus below the injury level, a stimulus that would normally be painful if you could feel it, sends nerve impulses to the spinal cord. These nerve impulses are meant to go straight to the brain, but they travel up and then they're blocked at the level of the injury. 
So since these impulses can't reach the brain, the body doesn't respond as it normally would. A reflex is activated that increases activity of the sympathetic portion of the autonomic nervous system, which results in a narrowing of the blood vessels, which causes a rise in blood pressure. Then nerve receptors in your heart and blood vessels detect this rise in blood pressure and send a message to the brain. And then the brain is like, whoa, blood pressure, chill out. And so then it sends a message to the heart, causing the heartbeat to slow down and the blood vessels above the level of the injury to dilate. However, since the brain is not able to send messages below the level of the injury, blood pressure cannot be regulated. And this causes the body to be confused and it can't sort out the situation until the initial stimulus is resolved. Resolved. Stimulus like a toe being squished up into a shoe or a very, very overly full bladder. So the symptoms of the autonomic dysreflexia won't go away until that toe is straightened out or that bladder is fully emptied. And that is very, very interesting. Now, so I imagine and I've heard from people that like they might not want you to go into natural labor because your body might start, your blood pressure might start spiking. Mm -hmm. So I imagine that it would be more of like a planned C-section and... um, You wouldn't know if you were in labor? I don't know. Right. (laughs) I mean, I imagine I probably would. I mean, I have friends say that like, I went into labor and I saw the contractions like on my stomach. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I mean like your body is doing what your body does. I mean women have children when they're in, they're in coma, a coma, you know what I mean? Like this is something your body knows how to do. It's just a matter of how your body will respond to it. Right. So that is kind of what I know. Yeah. And I have not heard that like, women with paralysis have trouble getting pregnant? According to the very accurate facts I found on the internet, your ability to get pregnant after injury is approximately the same as prior to injury. Most women with SCI do not require any special services or procedures to get pregnant. That being said, there are some things that may require some extra attention and care. As with any pregnancy, the growing baby puts pressure on the bladder, which decreases how much urine your bladder can hold, increasing frequency of urination and your chances of a bladder infection. And thanks to hormones, bowel motility is decreased, so you may have to make changes to how you manage your bladder and your backside. Transfers may become more difficult as your body grows and alters your center of balance. Spasticity may also increase and the extra weight and increased fatigue may cause a higher risk of pressure source. But yeah, I have lots of friends who have had children yeah. and and so, you know, it's something that I am very excited and also just like a little nervous about because I think I do have this dream of like having a child and if I can't, you know, if my body will not do that, I think that that will be sort of difficult and and heartbreaking, but also, you know, like everything in my life, if there's not one way to do it, there's other ways. And so like, that's not like new to me to like have to pivot and like figure out another way to do something. So, you know, these are things that like, (laughs) right, right. I know that's like, that's one of those, that's one of those like perks, (laughs) (laughs) just like being used to like changing it up. Yeah. But, um, But yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot because it hasn't been something that I have been ready to pursue. But um, I I also know that there are like special OBGYNs that like deal with high risk pregnancies or pregnancies with women with disabilities. But yeah, I I am so curious Mm -hmm. right now in my life about it. And it's so fun that like, you asked, you reached out and asked to talk to me about it. And that got me like thinking about the questions that I want to ask my friends who have had children and like wanting to know about like wanting, I think like education and information can be so empowering just to like not live in the like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, it's something that I feel so excited and clear and nervous about and, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Well, and like so, you and said, so I mean, it sounds like you know your options too. If if the regular standard way doesn't work, you know you can do an egg retrieval and get a surrogate if you need to do that. You know you can foster and adopt. Yeah. Did you ever consider adopting? Yeah, I, I 
and I hope I hope one day I have the money to to do that as well. Yeah. And if if what I'm doing now doesn't work out, then that's what I'll do. But I've always always amazing. wanted to be pregnant. Yes. And um, that's amazing. That's something I've always known. <laughs> yeah. So what about um? I mean, not to get too specific about you and Javen. <laughs> yeah. But is that a conversation you guys talk about at all? Yeah, we have had a conversation about wanting a family and mm-hmm. wanting to have kids. Yeah. And um, it's so interesting. We've talked about how different it is for men and women that for women, there's like this biological thing that kicks in, mm-hmm. like – I see children and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want that so much. (laughs) And for men, I think it's like a little bit different and it's like a little bit more like from the mind of like, what do I want? And it's not as like physical because men are not going to be like carrying a child, you know, and like their bodies do not need to create the child. They don't really expire. Right, right. It's like a totally different biological thing. Yeah. So that's been like a kind of fun conversation to sort of like talk about feeling differently, but also like wanting, definitely wanting the same things and um, wanting a family and, and also something that is sort of fun that we, we talk about is that at some point (laughs) you get to a place where like you are so badly wanting to put your attention on someone else Uh other than yourself yeah, and to care for someone and to raise someone like, you know, I'm 30. How old am I? Am I 33 yet? Yeah. I just turned 33. (laughs) <laughs> I'm 25. I just turned 33 and David's about to turn 35. Uh-huh. And I think you, uh, something that I have felt in m- moving into my thirties is that for me in my twenties, I was so obsessed with like experiencing things for myself. Right. And then like now it's sort of like, I really so badly want to settle myself and ground myself and like create a home and Mm -hmm. an environment that feels safe and like a place to still go out and experience the world and, and do things and adventure, but to have a place that is ours. And that is sort of like kind of where we're at is like, we are excited about finding a home and making it like wheelchair accessible and making it our own and making it like everything that we have dreamt it would be. And you know, like nature, I feel like then after that, then the conversations come of like when we would want to start a family. But it feels all like, again, like the timing of it, it feels like natural to like, right now be like wanting a home and wanting to like, like create that environment that feels safe to us. And both of us have lived in New York for you know, a long time, both of us went to NYU. So like since we were 18 Mm -hmm. and I lived in LA for a few years, but we are looking to move outside of the city just for like a little bit more like quality of life. Like we're in Manhattan right now and to live in a one bedroom apartment with two adults, like, and like all of our, you know, 30 plus years of stuff. Yeah. And just like also during this quarantine, like realizing how important as so David is a director and a acting teacher, uh-huh. and he was an actor for many years. And both of us are, you know, very, very creative people. And one of the things that we have felt big time during, like, this pandemic and during, like, the quarantine is how important it is to have your own space to think. Ah, yes. And your own space to kind of create and that is something that we both really want to create for ourselves is like a space that like you know I'm like currently like in New York City like working off of like a shelf (laughs) (laughs) you know like in the corner and like David's like computer is on our dining room table you know it's just like there isn't you know New York City is such a powerful exciting place but it doesn't really provide the space for quality of life and for like your own thoughts and mm-hmm. and your own your own creativity you know yeah. and uh and you know the convenience of living there has been so wonderful while I've done the shows I'm like five minutes ten minutes from the theater and yeah. that makes it really easy but 
at some point you sort of trade that convenience for like quality of life. And so that's kind of like next, next steps. And, and again, like the pandemic kind of just like, yeah, like put like a magnifying glass on the way that we live in our lifestyle because we were so immersed in it. Yeah, it was such a shakeup. And then you can suddenly be on the outside looking in at your life and being like, okay, this is what's important and this is what's not. And mm-hmm. you can sort of see everything and make adjustments. Yeah, exactly. I'm really looking forward to this forward movement of like finding a home and like creating this environment and place that is like right for both of us. Yeah. And, um, you know, I I have never lived in a place like my house growing up had the accommodations that I needed. Where'd you grow up again? But, New Jersey? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, there was like a ramp and, but like, I've never had an accessible kitchen. Mm. And like, as an adult, that's something that is so important to me. I love to cook. And, you know, to have, to have like a kitchen that would work for me would just mean so much. Yeah. And to have like a home that I can use all parts of it. Like mm-hmm. I can use, the washer and dryer and I can use, you know, right. just like little things that like, I think for so long I've taken, like, I've just been like, Oh, I'll make it work. Things that are made to work for you. God, that'd yes. be nice. Yes, please, please, please. Oh. That's what I want. Oh my goodness. So that's, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. And where are you guys looking? Um, we're looking just right outside of New York, we like um, like like the Piermont area, mm-hmm. like Nyack. Like those are I love Nyack these towns. Really? Yeah, you know it. I grew up in Westchester. Oh, right. You grew up in. Wait, where did you grow up? In Austining. David grew up in Briarcliff. Was I, I won't know him because he's thirty five. Um, but that's right next to my town. I know. Oh it my is. goodness! Oh my God, I didn't know that. How fun! Yeah. Well, Allie, if you do move up there, I'm probably going to be there while at least. While pregnant and for the first few months of my child's life. Amazing. So, Amazing. So I'll see you. I could see you. I would love it. Are you considering moving back? I don't know. I love LA. And I love yeah. I love my little home. But there's not a real reason to be away from my family. And I could be with yeah. other people. You know? Of course. And, and, you know, I think that that is another thing when you are like thinking about having a family, you want to be close to yours yeah. to be able to have that support. And yeah, I mean, I love that. Selfishly, I love it because I could see you. I know. <laughs> that would be so fun. So and I grew up on a little farm. So you oh could come gosh. to the farm. It does. I would love it's, it. It's kind of, it's kind of wheelchair accessible. It's not at all, but that's okay. We make it work. That house is 220-something years old. Amazing. I don't know how you get through some of those doorways. Oh, you know what? No, you know what? I should have asked about this stuff in the beginning, but it doesn't matter where I do it. Okay. I'm actually curious if there are, I don't know, are there words that people use about disability that are like, well, I'm I'm just curious about lingo that you're comfortable with. Not lingo, but terms yeah okay so usually it's like person first and then like disability second Mm. so you would say like a person with a disability Mm -hmm. instead of like a disabled person Mm. okay second and disabled is an okay word correct so disabled is the word that you would use to describe a person with a disability gotcha now when you're talking about like things as far as bathrooms, parking spots, entrances, that is when you use the word handicapped, you can, Uh Um, or you can say disabled as well, but Mm -hmm. you wouldn't call a person handicapped. That's like no more. Okay. Um, And would you say that somebody has a handicap? You say someone has a disability. I did. I knew that. I was just making sure. <laughs> yeah, but you were also saying it out loud to, for people to hear that, like, yeah. that wouldn't be. So, like, the words that we don't say anymore are, like, retarded, cripple, wheelchair-bound, and then handicapped as far as describing a person. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, people, people still use, like, handicapped parking, handicapped entrance, 
But I think I, I think that actually you can also just use the word disabled across the board. So disabled parking, disabled okay. bathrooms. Mm-hmm. So those are sort of like the language things. And then I can send you like fun things to watch to learn about disability and authentic that. representation. So like there is a I can put um, links to all new, of them too in my in the description of the show. So there's a new uh, newish documentary on Netflix called Crip Camp, uh-huh. which was made um, by a guy who has a disability. And he took this footage like in the 70s uh-huh. um, of all his friends. They went to like a camp uh-huh. and that's where they like met. And out of that camp came like some of the leaders of the disabled movement around like the ADA and 504. And like they all met at that camp, okay. which is sort of incredible. Yeah, that's anyway, cool. you would love it. You should totally watch it. I it's will. such a good documentary. So, yeah, those are just like some resources. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then we do like there the Internet can be very powerful in, in educating yourself yeah. and following people who have disabilities yeah. just to like, you know, like I think that that learning and educating yourself is like the way that you can become an ally or the way that you can sort of move past some of your fear and and prejudices and biases around disability because they exist they are real like we don't pretend like they are not real so so if they are real why not look at them in the eye and like you know well that gives me a question you are how do you feel about random people asking you questions is that annoying um like do you want them to ask you or are you sick i mean you've been dealing with this your whole life like asking a yeah, black I mean, person to talk about racism when you can do your yeah, research I mean, on your own. I am I am fully aware that I have like stepped into a public persona exactly. okay. position. Mm-hmm. And so like when I have interviews and people ask me questions, like if it's something that feels invasive, like I won't answer it. But I think that it is important to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as like random people on the street, Uber drivers, like I tell people like, you know, if people ask like a personal question, I tell them like, I'm I'm not I'm not answering questions. I'm not like your friend. That. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that and that we do have the power of of educating ourselves. There's so much information out right. on the internet, and not just about like disabilities in general, about people and their personal like story like my story of like what happened to me and why I'm in a chair is all over the internet right. and that's like on purpose like right. I want people to feel like they can learn about me yeah but like I don't feel like it is appropriate for strangers to ask personal questions yeah. to somebody with a disability I think that that is I think that that's invasive and you know if you don't know somebody, you know, disability can be personal. So, you know, it's also hard to feel like you're only being engaged because of your disability. Mm. That feels a little bit Mm. like, um, you know, being used Mm -hmm. in, in a way or just like satisfying somebody's curiosity, which I, I encourage curiosity, but like do some of your own research (laughs) Yeah, and watch Crip Camp, like watch Crip Camp. It's amazing. Okay. It's so good. Um, earlier you said you were paralyzed from the chest down. Is there a yeah. medical term for chest down? Like, like I said, I saw something about T, T this and T that. Yeah, so, What's that? So the spinal, so the spinal cord has like each vertebrae has a different like number and letter. Mm-hmm. And so like the, you can, you can name your injury by that i oh, won't do I that remember, on that because there's like l7 yeah yes 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 exactly right. exactly i i don't usually sort of name that unless i'm in a doctor's office right. because it feels sort of like <laughs> it feels like so personal it's like what's your bra size oh. but like but but i think that that's also like it's it's a medical sort of diagnosis mm. situation that's like when you sort of some people talk about it all the time but to me it feels like it feels like somebody's like looking at my back yeah, and something about that feels yeah. so personal. Yeah. So I always say like from the chest down, but I think that 
to, for people to know when those like, you know, T4 comes up, like that is naming the specific vertebrae Got it. of your spine. That's how it's referred to. Okay. Um, Allie, it has been fascinating to watch your hair dry so beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> It has dried over this interview. It is so pretty. Thank you. (laughs) I like to air dry it because um, it's so much easier. Yeah. I'm going to let you go now. Allie, thank you so much. It was so good to see you. You're so welcome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll let you know. It's such great I'll feel a little bit better on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. Hopefully I'll feel better. Yes, 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 you will. Yeah. You will. It's all going in the right. It's all going in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Everything feels mm-hmm. pretty good. Pretty good. Good. And I like that good I have enough. some shortness of breath, whatever it means. Yes. It makes yeah, me feel like something's happening. Something's happening. It's happening. <sighs> all it's right. I'm so so happy for you. There's one last thing that I forgot to ask about, and it was that wheelchair accessibility on Broadway. Yeah. Oh, do we have time for you to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things that has been like really amazing and challenging about, you know, working on Broadway is that most of the backstages are not accessible. Right. So they've had to make them accessible for me. So they've put in ramps and accommodations so that I can get around backstage, which has been just wonderful. But that's, you know, that comes out of a producer's pocket. Mm -hmm. And you deal with these really old theaters in New York City. And, you know, it's accessible for patrons for people to come see a show, you know, there's accessible seating and whatnot, but, uh, backstage is another story. So as, as more and more disabled artists are hired to, you know, whether it be on stage or working with the crew or with management, I hope that more and more theaters backstage will become accessible and they should be accessible and we should prioritize it because, by creating access, it means you are creating equality. Yeah. And then there's also the fact that we didn't really get into it, but but you always wanted to be on Broadway and never being able to, never seeing anybody like you on stage right. before. And now there's a generation of children who get to see you up there. That must be so, such a wonderful feeling yeah, to be that person really for exciting. them. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's really it's really cool to to be able to, you know, connect with other young people yeah. with disabilities and have them have the experience of seeing themselves represented in an in an arena that they have not been before. Yeah. So I know that like you know, seven, eight, nine-year-old Allie could have used that, yeah. you know, to see herself represented in these different places. So yeah. it's it's a really cool position to be in, and, and I don't take it lightly. I think it's really important to be a role model for young people with disabilities because I didn't have one, yeah. you know. So it's like, it's like I continue to do the work that I do so that people coming up behind me can see that, like, all of this is possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really hope that you are the first of many, many, many on Broadway. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I am so excited for you. Oh. I'm so nervous about you saying that. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. But it's okay. But it's all going to, yeah, yeah, it's all going to work out. Yeah. Thank you so much, Allie. I will talk to You're you so soon. Um, maybe I'll okay. see you in Westchester. That is it for the show, everybody. I am so pooped. I am going to take a nap. Don't forget, you can find Allie on Instagram at Allie Stroker, A-L-I-S-T-R-O-K-E-R to find out all the updates on what she's got coming up. You can also find Spermcast on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Spermcast. You can send me an email at spermcast at gmail.com. You can leave me a voicemail or text me at 323-741-1818. You can join the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Spermcast. If you didn't rate and review the podcast earlier when I put that you know, hold music on earlier. Well, now's the time to do it, people. Come on. This is your last chance before we get to episode 100. If I don't get to 500 ratings and 200 reviews by next week, I think I'm just going to have to cancel the show. I'm sorry. It's just not worth it anymore. Oh, and hey, if you're a new listener, don't worry. I'm not always like this. Just uh, subscribe and enjoy. No pressure. 
you want to support the show financially, you can Venmo Molly hyphen hockey. And if you're interested in fertility consultations, I am here for you. I've got two ears and they're really good at listening. So email me at spermcast at gmail.com for more information about that. I hope I got everything because I can't think of anything else to say right now. Thank you all so much for joining me this episode and for all these 99 episodes. I, um, I'll i talk to you next week. Love you. He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall, funny, smart, love basketball, from gay, straight, black, white, tiny ass with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. And here he is. Powered by ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.